morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Scripture reading for today is from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, as well as from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. I will be reading them in succession. This is the word of the Lord. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Amen. Good morning, everybody. All right. Man, you must have been staying up late last night, huh? Happy New Year. Okay. I know that uh, Ryan from 9 o'clock, he was working out at the gym this morning. Uh, that's how I have to start the New Year, guys, all right? Uh, you got to wake up early, got to get to the gym, work out, and be energized. Well, uh, to kickstart this year, I decided to recast our vision, mission, and core values for all of us. Uh, but uh, before I mention any of them, uh, I thought it would be beneficial uh, for us to take a walk down memory lane. Uh, so I hope you don't mind. I, I put together some slides. Some of you may remember this. I shared it like exactly three years ago. But uh, let's start with this picture, okay? This is a fun picture. So <clears throat> most of you know I, uh, I started serving our church in 2009, and this is the first Sunday uh, after service. We went out there, and we took a group picture. This is, uh, you know, a combined youth and EM. Uh, that's, that's how we worshiped initially. And uh, there's some familiar faces here, okay? So you... you I can't see it very well. If you maybe dim the lights for us, it would be helpful. The picture quality back then wasn't as crisp as today, right? So uh, let's see. Who can we find here? Well, look at that. There's uh, June, uh, one of our deacons, uh, very youthful looking, very happy, okay? Everyone, if he gets married, they kind of uh, eventually, they start looking tired. But here, he looks fresh, right, very happy. And uh, most of you know 
Alex, but right behind Alex is actually Andrew Cho, I believe, and I, he's right, he's actually uh, joined us today. He's been, he's been coming on and off for the past few weeks, so grateful for Andrew. He's, he's right behind there. Uh, I also see Jason, one of our other deacons, uh, looking very fresh as well. This is before he got married. I believe right behind Jason is Billy, right? That's Billy, right? And Billy's sitting right with us over there. Uh, some of you know Sang Jin. Uh, he's not with us right now. There is a elder KC and a lovely wife, Hannah. This was before they got married. If you don't know this story, uh, Hannah was living in California, and uh, Casey successfully wooed her to come move to Virginia. So, uh, so thankful for Casey and, and uh, his skill. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're thankful for Hannah, of course. Uh, she's been a, just a wonderful blessing for the church. Uh, who else do we see here? Let's see, I, you know, that's either Stephen or Michael. <laughs> During 9 o'clock, Stephen was, was with us. He was sitting over here, and I asked him, Stephen, is that you? He wasn't sure. <laughs> so if he wasn't sure, then I, I surely can't be sure. Do you know who, is this Stephen or Michael? He, is it, Michael doesn't even know. So... Uh, my guess, my guess is that's Stephen, okay? Because Michael, back in those days, he was a bit, like, gloomy and depressed, okay? Uh, but, you know, look at him now. He's so much happier, okay? Uh, that's Chini, who's the uh, Pastor Park's daughter, uh, eldest. So they're all on youth group. This is, like, majority youth right now. And let me see. Who else do I see? That's Paul Choi's older sister, Joanna. Look at that. Look at that right there. Candace, <laughs> young Candace, wow, right there, okay, see this thing over there, uh, and uh, of course, this is Joyce and I, anybody else you notice here that I can identify, oh, look at that, that is John Bay, yeah, that is, that is John Bay, uh, so very fun picture, um, about I believe around nine, nine of them out of this picture are still with us, and so they, they form really the core group of our ministry for many years. So thankful for them. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's a classic picture of the front of our building. Uh, we used that picture for many years in the front of our church bulletin, but we took it off because guess what? Sad news. The cherry blossom that I planted it was a Japanese snow goose cherry blossom. Turns out it's a pretty fragile tree, a very delicate tree. Uh, most cherry blossoms are, but it died. You know, right before COVID, it, it died. And so I got it replaced. I learned, talking at the Merrifield people, that if you really want a tough tree, go with the crepe myrtle, the crepe myrtle. So that's what we did. Got a tougher tree out there, replaced the cherry blossom, the crepe myrtle, so it could last much longer, okay? And then that's a one-year-old Caleb. Okay, just to kind of show like uh, how young he was when we first moved here. Uh, look at, oh my goodness. <clears throat> wow. When I first got here, the seventh grade Bible study class consist consisted of Paul Choi, David Park, and John Bay. And out of all that, there was also a few others, of course, like Young Su and uh, a few others. But uh, Paul Choi was the worst back then. <laughs> Like, I, I seriously, I, I felt like giving up on the guy. Uh, and my thing is, like, if Paul can change, anyone can change. 
okay? It's a testament of God's amazing grace. Uh, and look at him now, okay? And then David Park, who's, uh, who's, I believe he's attending another church right now, and John Bay. Uh, and John Bay's, if you didn't, John Bay's father is one of the Cam elders, and so uh, they got some um, deep roots here at the church. Look to the hand. If you guys remember, uh, there was a moment where look to the hand was very popular, and so I thought this was a very playful picture of Phil, a uh, current member, saying to Julianne, look to the hand, right? And uh, they're, they're close friends. Um, and then you have, which may surprise you, that's, uh, guess who that is? That is young Sujin, our former children's director, right? Uh, look how youthful she looks right there, okay? And... I had to slip this in. Young Jason and Erica, before their, before their wedding, uh, this was like during one of the Hallelujah Nights, uh, just took a picture of them. And again, anyone before marriage, that looked very youthful, energetic, and after marriage, tired, and, <laughs> you know, it's all about survival <laughs> after that. Um, another picture, our first Cornerstone Thanksgiving, we were able to squeeze everybody in one townhome. This is, I believe, Junior Suki's home, uh, for those of you who remember them. Notice, I thought this was kind of funny. Everyone is looking at the camera except my wife. She's focused on the food, right? This, you can laugh. She's not offended. She's, right? But, uh, yeah, just uh, a good memory right there. And, and there's Miriam, by the way. There's, that's Miriam. And uh, let's see. Okay. And so, yeah, all, all that to say uh, God has been extremely gracious to us as a ministry and you know, he's the one uh, who has allowed us to grow uh, as much as we have over the past 14 years or so. As, as you can see, you know, we were not a very impressive group at all, and yet, it, you know, God allowed us. So it was all surely just all by his grace that uh, we've come this far. If you can maybe switch the lights back on, that could be okay. Uh, now, let me explain why I believe it's a good time uh, for me to to freshly articulate our vision, mission, and core values as a ministry, okay? Because the last time I shared <clears throat> our vision, mission, and core values was exactly three years ago. And, you know, right after I had completed the series, we were met with, you know, COVID lockdowns and government mandates, and it was just terrible because everything that I shared, it, it kind of went out the window because, you know, we're all about just, you know, uh, keeping every, everyone sort of distance, and uh, much of what I share was forgotten. You know, we couldn't, couldn't implement the things that we were hoping to. Uh, also, you know, it was unfortunate that through COVID, uh, several, several members eventually ended up leaving the church, and, you know, we're still trying to reach out to them. Uh, just, I think it's just sort of a spiritual lethargy thing. You know, they left the church, but, you know, thankfully, more people over the past three years have been added to our numbers. So we've actually managed to grow uh, over the past two, three years. And that also means that we're a pretty different ministry now with many new members. And for that reason, uh, I, I thought that this would be necessary for us to do, to kind of recast our vision. And I'm hoping that God will use this series, uh, therefore, to further unite us as a community Okay, let me also share this next one. Uh, I, I share this usually with uh, our, you know, whenever we're doing a membership class to kind of, kind of, offer some history. You know, uh, these were 
our priorities for the first 10 years we were together. And if you kind of just browse through them, they're very good principles, and they're very useful for us for at least the first 10 years. And I still, I believe they're still very valuable, but at some point, I did sense that they were not enough to inspire our growing congregation. We needed something more. You know, we needed a fresh way to articulate our vision, mission, and values and, 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 and things that would better reflect who we are and, and what we have become over the years. I also wanted something that would be more transferable uh, for, especially for our newer members. And that is why a few years ago, uh, maybe like a year before COVID, our pastoral staff spent some focused time to help us sort of refine what I'm about to present to you today, okay? Now, I'm going to spend the next several weeks going over our core values in much more detail. So today, I'm just going to briefly uh, introduce the core values to you uh, in sort of like these, I'll give you some brief descriptions. Uh, So let me do that right now, and then I'm going to focus the majority of our time just talking about vision and, and mission, okay? So let me also, before I jump into this, let me make it clear that uh, these core values are not simply meant to be our stated values, right? In other words, uh, we don't want these values to be sort of static, uh, but we want to live out and actually we want to embody these values as God's people, right? These are not just meant to be our, our ideals, but our lived out values, okay? So number one, uh, we want to be a Christ-centered community. And I know, I know, everyone claims to be Christ-centered. You probably just heard that over and over again. And it might not mean anything to you. I get it. So I'm going to take next Sunday to explain what we mean, okay, what we mean by Christ-centered, and I believe that you'll find that to be helpful, okay? Secondly, we want to be a confessional church. Um, I, I honestly don't know many churches or ministries that have confessional uh, as their core value, but essentially this means that we fully acknowledge that God has been instructing his church throughout history, throughout history, throughout the ages, and therefore new doesn't necessarily mean right, right? since God's, God's word never changes, right? If something is true, then God would have preserved it from ancient times and through old Creeds and confessions, thus the need for us to honor creeds and confessions that accurately reflect God's unchanging word. And so that, that's, that's, you know, the uh, most succinct way I can put it. That's what we mean by my confessional, okay? Uh, but I, I have a very important message to deliver just based on that, so stay tuned. Thirdly, we want to be a kingdom first church or community. And this means that we put God and his priorities before our own, right? As you know, we live in a world that elevates animals over people and people over God. But the correct order is God, right, and his kingdom priorities first. That means as people, we are called to align our priorities to God's. And we're to understand the rest of the world, including the animal kingdom, in view of God's purpose for creation. We don't want to mix these priorities at all. We want to keep, keep them in proper 
order. Okay? Kingdom first is how we roll, right? Fourthly, disciple-making. Of course, this is a natural outworking of the Great Commission, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey some of all that I command. No, all that I have commanded you, right? So we don't, we don't just, you know, look at one tiny portion of Scripture. We look at all the Scripture because God commands us to teach all that he has commanded us. Fifthly, community fostering. In terms of actual numbers, I want you to know that uh, it kind of surprised me too, kind of tracking the record, but we, we're, we've actually grown to the point where we're the largest we've ever been as a ministry. And I, I mentioned that not to boast, but to simply explain to you why it's necessary more than ever for all of us to be more intentional about fostering community. You know, you, you know this, right? The truth is that the only way you will be able to feel generally connected to our community is by being involved in a small group of some kind, a smaller gathering, right? Sunday worship, this is, you know, it's even too big for me, to be honest. I, I still, I don't know some of your names, sadly, you know? Uh, it's just hard to keep track. So we need smaller communities to be intentionally plugged into. Six, intergenerational. Uh, this means having a heart for our children's generation and their children's generation and, and not to be so myopic, not to be so nearsighted, right? Not to be what we, uh, we've been calling a generational narcissist. We don't want to be fixated on ourselves, but we have a kingdom vision that spans generations. We want to have a heart for the younger generations that come after us, right? We believe that's our calling. Lastly, we want to be missional, uh, in other words, we don't want to lose sight of the fact that we are called to serve as God's faithful messengers of the gospel to a lost world, right? We don't carry our own message. We carry God's message. We are ambassadors. We are messengers that he has put forth in this world right, that we can reach the lost who has never heard of him. As I said, each of these core values will be more fully explained over the course of the next several weeks, and so stay tuned for that. Today, I wanted to spend the majority of our time saying a few things about the vision and mission of our ministry. Let's start with our vision first, okay? Because in order to be on mission together, we need to first share a common vision as a people, right? Because without a clear vision, we're not going to be able to stay on any kind of mission. But if we have a clear vision... We can look to a vision that can serve as our north star, so to speak, right? Even when the strong winds of life cause us to veer off course, even when, let's say, the song of sirens tempt us and we're about to, you know, uh, crash into the rocks, if we have a vision, we can look to our vision and see how far we have veered off and get back on course. That's the power of vision. That's why we need it. So what is our vision? Well, we put it this way. At Cornerstone, our vision or our ultimate desire is to see people from all nations love and serve Christ through a life transformed by the gospel. Okay, let that sink in. Right? That's how we like to put it. Our ultimate desire, our vision is to see people from all nations love and serve Christ through a life transformed by the gospel. Let me break this down in, in four pieces and just kind of 
describe it a little more clearly for you, okay? Because um, I believe this, this vision is a worthy vision to build a ministry upon. And if you can, please try to memorize this, okay? But first, this is uh, that there is an ultimate desire. Right? Why would we say that? Well, because as you know, there are many good things in life that we are allowed to pursue. But you know what? There are only a few things in life that we are called to give our lives to. Would you agree? And even among those few things we're called to give our lives to, there are only going to be one ultimate desire that ought to order the rest of our lives. That's why we, we, we make it very clear. This is our ultimate desire. Not just any desire, not just one of many desires, but our ultimate desire, okay? And then it says we want to see people from all nations, okay? I want to accent all nations there, right? Not just the nations of East Asia, okay, but all nations. In other words, well, let me put it this way. I want to be very clear because uh, it's, it's no secret, you know, this is part of, we are part of the Korean, I guess, church heritage or lineage. And um, I, as a pastor here, I, I don't think that we ought to be ashamed of the fact that we are part of sort of the, the Korean church in some sense. You know? However, our ultimate desire, I want to be, be, make it very clear, my ultimate desire is not to preserve our Korean culture or our, our East Asian culture. Okay? Our ultimate desire is to see all nations bow down and worship God. Right? Because we know that the gospel is meant to go forth in, the, in such a way. The gospel has the quality of being inclusive in that way. Because of the gospel's inclusivity, we were beneficiaries. The gospel came to us, our nation, that we can receive God's blessing and grace. And so therefore, we ought to do the same to other nations. Uh, we cannot hoard God's blessings as some of the Jewish people tried to do back in their day. Uh, so there's that aspect of all nations, that that's our path. We want to see people from all nations. But it also says to see people from all nations love and serve Christ. Okay, love and serve who? Christ. Buddha? No. Allah? No. Christ alone. And so there's definitely a sense in which the gospel is exclusive as well. Yes, there's a quality of inclusivity, right? Uh, you, you, can't, you can't hoard the gospel. The gospel's got to go forward. It, it breaks boundaries. It spans all nations. However, there is an exclusive quality to the gospel as well, and this is the part that stumbles so many people in our day. Right? But, brothers and sisters, once we minimize Christ, we cease to be a true church. We cease, and so you don't want to compromise on this point. Lastly, it says to see people from all nations, love and serve Christ through a life transformed by the gospel. Okay, accenting transformed by the gospel there. Uh, you may have heard us say, come as you are, okay? And we, we, we love to say that, come as you are, right? Don't try to fix yourself before you come to the Lord and worship. You come as you are. However, we also love to say, but don't remain as you are. 
Okay? You can come as you are, but don't expect to remain as you are. Because God's grace not only pardons, but he also, it also empowers us right, to live a life of obedience, a life that is transformed by his grace. Uh, that's an important point to keep in mind. You can come. Please come. But don't expect to remain as you are. God wants to change you. Now, what is our mission? Okay, a mission statement answers the question of why we exist and what we're aiming for on a day-to-day basis. But let me first, uh, before I give you the mission statement, let me explain to you what our mission is not. Okay? First, our mission is not to simply provide a place where you can find fellowship or community. It's not a place where you can create a social network for yourself. It's not a place simply for you to kind of plug your children and uh, you know, find a place where they can enjoy. Um, those are all good things. We're not, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of a healthy children's ministry or, or a youth ministry, but uh, that's not our main, the main reason why we exist, okay? Uh, we also don't exist to simply provide a safe space for Korean Americans or Asian Americans, as comforting as that may be. And I, again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to hang out with people who understand your jokes and uh, who appreciate the same food as you. But again, that's not, not the main reason why we exist. We also don't primarily exist to maintain a healthy relationship with our KM. Now, we would, of course, love to do that for as long as you can, uh, but again, it's not primarily why we exist, because we believe that we've been given a higher purpose, right? They're a partner in ministry, but, you know, we don't exist so that we can remain partners forever, right? If God has a different calling for us, then we will obey God over man. Lastly, we don't primarily exist to maintain a cordial friendship with the world either, and the same, same logic applies there, you know, uh, James 4 Verse 4 says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God, right? Friendship with the world is enmity. Does that mean that we can't have any friends in the world? Of course not. That's not what it means. This is simply asking us to evaluate whom we're giving our ultimate allegiance to. Who is your ultimate God? Which voice do you listen to first? Which voice is most important to you? Is it God's or is it someone else's? You cannot maintain a friendship with the world in such an intimate way and expect to abide in God's will. You cannot serve two masters. That's what that is pointing to. So what is our mission? Well, our mission... Let's go. Come on. Don't fail me now. There we go. Oh, no. Okay. Our mission is to raise up, mature, and equip disciples who are committed to faithfully building their lives upon the foundation of Christ. Okay? That's, that's you know, we, we labored over this, the, the language a bit, but this is the best way you can put it. Our mission is to raise up mature and equipped disciples who are committed to faithfully building their lives upon the foundation of Christ. 
Right? This describes our highest aim as a gospel ministry. Okay? Now, if our vision statement is mainly meant to inspire already committed members, I believe the mission statement is meant to be felt, to be felt by everyone, because it basically tells you what we practically want to do with everyone who walks through those doors, whether you're, you're a committed member or not. It doesn't, doesn't matter, right? You can be an unbeliever. You can be someone who's grown cynical of the church. You can be someone who's just angry for whatever reason. It doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey, whether you're here or there or wherever. Our main mission is to walk alongside of you so that you would be raised up to be a mature and equipped disciple who's committed to faithfully building the lives upon the foundation of Christ. Right? That is our mission. We want you to be on that path of maturity. Okay? So our vision helps us stay on mission, but our mission gives, us, gives definition to the work that we're primarily invested in. Everything. Why do we worship every every week? Why do we do small groups? Why do we ask you to be good stewards of your time, talents, and treasure? Well, it's so that you can be raised up as mature and equipped disciples of Christ, okay? Now, I know that for most people, the idea of a mature and equipped disciple is just too general and vague. You know, what what does that mean exactly? Okay, so I'm here to help you further. And we we actually received help from a pastor named Randy Pope, who's retired. Uh, He served at a church... uh, called Perimeter Church in Atlanta for many years. He developed the journey group, that uh, discipleship movement. And, <clears throat> and so we, we received some help from, uh, from him uh, over the course of several years. And uh, this is what he put together. We thought this was a very helpful way of um, summarizing what a mature and equipped disciple is. Okay? So there are like seven things here, I believe, yes. The one who lives consistently under the control of the Holy Spirit, the direction of the Word of God, and the motivation of the love of Christ, okay? Do you live under the control of these things, or you do, do you live under the control of your own feelings? Do you live under, under the control of, you know, whatever your, your boss tells you to do, or whatever the culture tells you to do, okay? Whatever TikTok voice tells you to do, uh, one who has developed his or her spiritual gifts and is using them for God's glory and the service of people. One who has learned to effectively share his or her faith in both word and deed. All right. You know, of course, we all know what that is. Uh, I'll say a few more things later on that. One who gives strong evidence of being a faithful member of God's church and is an effective manager of life relationships. Whoops. There you go. And resources. One who is a willing minister to others, especially the least and the lost. One who is an available messenger to non-kingdom people. One who demonstrates a life striving to be gospel-driven, worship-focused, morally pure, evangelistically bold, discipleship-grounded, and family-faithful. Okay. Now, these are not... The only things, of course, that make up a mature and equipped disciple, but I will say that these are some very helpful foundational things, right, that ought to define what it means to be a mature and equipped disciple. And when I was first exposed to this list, 
Uh, I can tell you I had, you know, very mixed feelings about it because there are a lot of good things in here, but it's just not, it wasn't comprehensive enough for me, you know, because it doesn't mention anything specifically about the fruit of the Spirit, which I would think, you know, you would think, any of us would think that's a pretty important thing to mention if you're talking about maturity, right, the fruit of the Spirit, but nothing about the fruit of the Spirit, okay? That was a big issue for me. <laughs> nothing about prayer specifically, right? I was like, why, why, would, why didn't Randy Pope include anything about prayer, right? Nothing about uh, what our posture should be toward our earthly government, right? Especially, you know, living through the past few years, I thought that was uh, more than ever now a, a pretty important thing to mention, but nothing about these things. However, even though this list didn't include such things, I, con I concluded, along with our leaders, that it's okay for our list not to be perfect because it's still better to have something to strive after than not to have anything at all, right? I'm sure you can understand that. It's better to have something rather than nothing because without any specific target goals, we just would not know where to aim, you can't just say, I want to be a mature and equipped disciple without knowing what that means definitionally, right? You have to have something you're targeting, you're aiming for. I also want to say uh, th there are things on this, especially, let me say, probably two or three things that make me a little bit uncomfortable naturally. Um, and it's like, I'm not even sure I really want this for myself. Such as? Learning how to effectively share my faith in both word and deed. Now, can I share my faith with others? Yes, I can. But, you know, as the culture changes, you also have to understand how to speak the culture's language, too. And so it's, it's a sort of ongoing learning experience, right? But it's like, to me, I'm thinking, do I really want to do this? <laughs> because, you know, when our culture wasn't so hostile against the Christian faith, sharing my faith with other people wasn't that difficult. It, wasn't, it didn't feel as challenging. But nowadays, as you all know, it's like, do you really want to do that? And do I really want to learn how to share my faith in both word and deed? You know, if it just said deed, I'd be like, yeah, not, not a problem. Right? That's pretty easy, right? I mean, that takes some work, too. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of acts of service, but in my mind, clearly, acts of service is easier than speaking, like declaring, sharing God's word to other people in this day and age, right? Sign me up if you want to make gift, gift baskets again. We can do it, you know, more than once, once a year, right? I mean... I'm so happy that we've been doing this every year uh, during the holiday season. We get gift baskets, and we deliver it to our 17 households surrounding us, and they love it, and they love us for it, really. They appreciate our church because of the gestures uh, we've shown over the years. Uh, <clears throat> anybody threatened in passing out gift baskets to neighbors? No. And so really, uh, in a real sense, sharing the gospel in word is much more challenging in our day and age. And that's why this is a challenge. And some of you, you know, you know yourselves very well. 
Uh, you may look at this list and you may feel just very discouraged because you're thinking, how am I supposed to be this kind of person? I'm, I'm so far from what it means to be a mature and equipped disciple. And that may be true. That may be true. But brothers and sisters, let me say, wherever you are <clears throat> on this Christian journey, again, you are not called to remain where you are. Don't just like throw your hands up and give up and say, you know, it's, it's all pointless. I give up. You are not called to remain where you are. And it, it's true that in this life, we're not going to perfectly reach any of our goals, but we are still called to strive toward perfection in holiness. Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus said that, not me, okay? Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. He doesn't mean to say that you will be perfected in this lifetime. That's not the point. We know that we will not reach perfection in our, in our lifetime, but we still want to make our target clear, knowing that, see, God, not, God not only desires this, but he's the one who promises us to get there. He, he promises that we will get there because he will do the work necessary for us to reach the end. Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Right? That's a promise. So don't look at yourself. Right? Look to the one who made you and who began a good work in you. He promises that he will complete the work that he's begun. And Romans 8 says that those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you're in Christ, perfection is going to happen for you one day because God promised that it will happen. He's doing the work ultimately. So don't be discouraged, brothers and sisters, by lofty spiritual goals, but take small steps toward accomplishing them, knowing that by God's grace, you will one day get there. Amen? You got to get better sleep New Year's Eve, okay? You got to be more rested, come energized on January 1st. I also wanted to share a few words about our logo. I hope you like our logo, okay? Anyone not like our logo? Meet me afterwards. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if you don't like our logo, I hope that you'll at least after this morning appreciate some aspects of our logo, okay? This logo is a very, uh, I want to say great, but I'll just say it's a very helpful symbol of who we are as members of Christ's body because it's meant to remind us, I mean, the hell a few things, okay? Uh, this is a, a red and gray color scheme. Okay, you may call it maroon or burgundy, but I like the color. It's also one reason why our chairs prior to these gray chairs were uh, you know, red or maroon burgundy chairs, okay? It kind of went with a theme. And, and now it's gray, okay? But originally in my mind, and by the way, if you didn't know, there was a Joyce's friend in Korea designed this logo. He actually uh, Drew, Drew it. Uh, he's an artist, and uh, this, the font is unique. Right? You, you can't find the font anywhere else because he, he drew it himself, okay? 
Uh, gray, these are like stones, okay? Stones, gray, the gray stones. Uh, in my mind, they're supposed to be dead. But if you're, if you're here, if you're like here with Christ, the sea, cornerstone, built upon Christ, then guess what? Uh, you are marked by his blood, and a dead stone becomes a living stone. See the living stones here? And you see how that cross, if you didn't know, there's a cross here in the white, the white, uh, did you guys know that? Yeah? No? Okay, my, my failure for not telling you what that is, okay? The cross, it unifies, it binds us together as God's people, right? And you knew that, right? The cross, okay. <laughs> It binds us together as we're living stones being built on the foundation of Christ, okay? And uh, what else can I say here? Did I miss anything? It's, it's a helpful logo, okay? Um, so, brothers and sisters, our mission, okay, is to raise up mature and equipped disciples who are committed to building upon the foundation of Christ. So, who's with me? Right, who's going who's gonna to continue this journey? Uh, who's with me? You know, my job, one of my most important jobs is to make clear where I and the rest of your leaders are going. Okay? Every member of your class, I should try to clarify for people who we are, where we're headed. Okay, I'm doing this for you right now through this series. So if you're new, you're going to have to decide if you want to join us on this exciting but difficult journey, okay, will you join us on this journey? And if you've already been with us for some time now, okay, you know what it's like. You know, what, you know how, what kind of journey we're on. You have a better idea, at least. And you're going to have to decide if you want to continue to go down this narrow path that Jesus has put us on. And for those of you who have been with us, you know that the journey is not meant to be easy, right? Through COVID and through all the social turmoil of, of the past three years, right, you know, you, you have a better idea of what we mean by kingdom first and disciple making, right? You've seen it kind of flesh out in a real way of what we mean by those priorities. And so who's coming with me? Who's coming with us? Let me conclude with this, uh, this word. Please, brothers and sisters, as we begin this new year, okay, take some time to examine your personal priorities. You must do this occasionally. If you don't do this, then you will drift further and further away from the Lord. That's how we are wired. We are truly like sheep so prone to wander. Don't you see all around you how so, so easy to wander? How such people have such, they're so vulnerable to culture, to the pressures that surround them, to the deceit, deceitful schemes of the evil one. If you don't align your priorities with God, on a regular basis, you will eventually drift further and further away from him. So humble yourselves, okay? And know that we need him more than ever before. And we need a strong 
and clear vision to anchor our souls to God. And if we want to further grow in his likeness, we need to be in the habit of living out certain God-honoring values which are rooted in God's word. And I tell you that these are, are what that is. What I'm sharing with you right now, that's, that's what it's for. So I humbly invite you to join me in committing to the Lord and, and to one another as we begin this new year together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, bless our efforts to align our vision and mission with your own so that our expressions would simply be a faithful echo of yours. We're committed to building our lives upon the foundation of Christ as you are committed to building us up as living stones and members of your church to raise us up to be mature and equipped disciples. We want to be a people who don't care how much of this world we possess, who don't crave after the approval of man, who don't measure truth by feeling or fleeting emotions, who don't live as if this world is our home. Rather, would you build us up in a way where we would be filled with the Holy Spirit and power to live by faith day by day, a people devoted to your word, prayer, and the fellowship of believers, a people who know the comfort of resting in your sovereign grace, who are committed to die to ourselves in order to live for you, who are faithful in our marriages, who thirst and hunger for righteousness, who shed tears over lost souls, who boldly yet humbly stand for truth in the public square, and who long to see the fullness of your glory revealed. Help us, O oh God, we call upon you for New Year's mercies. As you've sustained us thus far, we trust that you will sustain us again for another year. Be with us through it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.